Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for All-Star Season 5, Episode 3, titled Get a Room. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by the goddess of guts, gold, and glitter from the Bloody Podcast Network. Please say... Meow, meow, bitches. To Laurie Roggenkamp. Hello, Laurie Roggenkamp. Hello. You know, usually when, we, when we're plugging Just Between Us Girls... It's always like, oh, you got to go to Just Between Us Girls. Lori talked about her trip to Kohl's. Joe ate a, a, a steak sandwich. And you're always like, what the fuck? Why would the fuck would I want to listen to Just Between Us Girls? I'm going to yeah. say this might be the first Just Between Us Girls in a long time that was 100% about a drag-related topic about Alexis Mateo getting hate on social media. Yeah. Uh, and b- the, the, by the way, the argument is not what you think it. I thought I actually thought, to be honest with you, I thought it was a really good episode just between us girls. I liked it. I yeah. feel like I went too far down this angry anger spiral. But mm-hmm. oh my god, know. guys! Lori literally said that if anybody came up to her, she would tell them to go fuck themselves. I did. I said that. Yeah. I was. I said I would say something. I say go fuck yourself to somebody. Find out who. Yeah, find, find, find out girls. who I'm just between us girls, and you can do that by going to Patreon.com/slash Afterthought Media, and uh, you just got to join at the premium level. Isn't it that much money? Yeah, it's pretty good, yeah. and you also get more shows at the premium level. You too. get so many fucking shows. It is ins- it is insane how many- I don't know how people. I don't know how people are listening to all these shows, Lori. I really, and I'm not being funny to sell the to sell this or anything like that. I really don't know how these people listen to all the shows we put out. I don't know either because I got to be honest. I don't think I've listened to podcasts like a full episode of a podcast in three months. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So I think it's funny that we're like promoting podcasts, and I'm like, I would if I was you. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know what it is, is because I generally listen to podcasts when I'm driving. So yes. I actually got to listen to podcasts this morning. I listened to the first response from last night. Where oh, I, yeah. I was on with you on the first response. Lori, Lori was, was driving the show, but I was just a guest because Rob was celebrating Juneteenth. And so, uh, but uh, it was a fun it was time. Fun. Lori kept yeah. cutting people off. I don't know why, but... Uh, yeah, okay. But that's Let's another show on that. Patreon where Lori that's another show. threatened to follow a baby. I didn't no, I say I follow babies. And I've done this I've done this uh uh many times and my girlfriend has asked me to stop. Because I'll we'll be walking somewhere and there's a baby and I just turn and follow it. So I'm like very, that baby's so weird. freaking cute. You find out about that in the first response. Also, anytime Lori would ask a million questions, and anytime I asked a question, she would hang up on them. Because you always wanted to go, you always, your only question is, so you're here with the goddess of improv and stand-up comedy, what do you have to say? And the person's like, A hundred percent of the time they were like, I can't believe I'm on the air with Lori Roggenkamp. This is my dream No, because they've all all been on the air with me before, save two people who were great, but yeah. I would love. I want Tom to just post. I want to go to an Instagram of just Tom's baby, and see just picture after picture. That baby was so freaking cute. I think Tom was frightened by it. I'm not gonna lie. Did you hear him say? Because we he's a Tom lives in Australia and he has a really cute baby. And 
and I go, uh, hey, did you know that Laurie doesn't create an uh, Australian accent? He, accent? he goes, well, you know, uh, well, you know, I like this Sydney guys. Didn't like the accent very much. Which I, 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 I'm, it's funny you mention that because I think this is a now another version of Just Between Us Girls. But it's funny you mention that because later on I was talking to Star and I was like, then what part of Sydney gays did he like? <laughs> I was kind of thinking the same thing. I was thinking the <laughs> was same like, thing. But you articulated it better than I did. I feel like all we do is that. Like, yeah, I think the whole show from start to finish. I think I will say the first thirty minutes we don't do it. I do not. The first thirty minutes of episode one, we don't do it, and then it's like the only, minute thirty-two. That's the only episode he's ever heard. Yeah, minute yeah. thirty-two. It's like from there to the end of the series. It's us talking about Timmy Trumpet and all this shit. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, go, all right. for all this hilarity, go to patreon.com slash uh, afterthought media and uh, hear Lori hit on Dee Dee like nobody's business. But you were hitting her for your brother, though. Yeah, my brother's single. So, you mm-hmm. know, ladies. All right, let's hit jump me right- up or hit him up. All right, let's jump right into the episode. This week for the Maxi Challenge, the queens are teamed up by Random Draw to create their own signature hotel suites. On the runway, the category is three looks in one. Blair and Mayhem win the Maxi Challenge, but Jujubee is named the all-star of the week. In the bottom, RuPaul plays India, Shay, and Mariah. On the main stage, RuPaul reveals Monet Exchange as this week's lip sync assassin. Jujubee tries her best, but ultimately... Monet Exchange wins the round. She pulls the lipstick from her bra and reveals that the third eliminated queen is Mariah Paris Balenciaga. Lori Roggenkamp named two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Uh, I will say I loved... Well, here... Okay. Mm-hmm. My, my things have a caveat to them. Sure. Because I loved the challenge. Mm-hmm. I actually really loved the challenge. Sure. I wish there was more. Great. I wish we could have seen more. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the looks. Mm-hmm. I just wish that, I don't know, I wish that they had been more eleganza. Like, mm-hmm. I would have loved it if it was more like they were more fanciful. Sure. Um, my my one critique is actually a question for you, which yeah. is, do does All-Stars usually not have a mini challenge? I'm trying to remember. I know there was a season, I feel like it was season nine, where they only had like one mini challenge or two, like the really famous ones. Um, but this, it, it's not unusual to not have a lot of mini challenges. Okay. Well, then I'm going to change my, my con then because I was wanting to have mini challenge because I do kind of like the mini challenges. Mm-hmm. My actual, my, my one thing I didn't like was like people were saying about, um, Oh God, I forgot her name. Last week, the lip sync assassin. They thought that maybe she wasn't trying. Alyssa I Edwards. I felt that Alyssa Edwards. I mm-hmm. felt that way about Juju B. Juju B didn't know the lyrics. Mm-hmm. She wasn't really doing anything. There was a there was a moment mm-hmm. where I I want to find and put on my Instagram or something where Juju B and Monet Exchange are like near each other and and Monet Exchange is dancing next to her and Juju B looks legit terrified. Yeah. Yeah. Like she looks scared. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Like I just didn't feel like Juju B was trying was trying at all. It's so funny that you say that because just by a weird everyone should know we're recording this on the weekend of Father's Day and there's a lot going on this weekend. And so 
I usually record an, another afterthought show called The Pit Crew, where we have two straight guys who watch RuPaul's Drag Race and I, I guess sort of bet on it like they would sports is the best way to put it. And we did it. We usually do it on Sunday, a Saturday night, and we had to do it very early Saturday morning today. And so I already have their thoughts, which is unusual for this show. And what's funny is to go with what you said is they think, and it's so funny because you have to, for people who are listening, they are not experienced drag race watchers. This might be their second season, third. And uh, they said this is actually their first season of All Stars. I'll even say this is their first season of All Stars. They said that they think that Juju intentionally threw the lip sync because it's it was better for her politically that in, that she wouldn't have to send somebody home. Does that make sense? So A, in the workroom, she wouldn't have to send home a beloved queen. We don't know who she... I don't know. I haven't watched Untucked yet, even though we'll probably find out who. Can somebody in the chat room tell me who on, who Jujubee voted for? I think they'd tell you in Untucked. But... Uh... The only thing I will say is that you eventually find out. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So even if even if it didn't, I mean, do you think that maybe she did that because uh-huh. she? So yeah, Juju had Mariah. So I mean, it just seems kind of I don't know. Somebody in the in first response the Patreon show last night mentioned this kind of s- similar thing where they think that. They did that, and then also that Mariah was voted for because she was the one who ha- was the most threat, but was not career suicide if the- if she got voted yeah, off. Yeah, that was a very very good point, and I want to you know I think we're getting ahead of ourselves, so let's let's come back to this. Sorry, well okay. no no no, you I I was the one who led the way, but uh but the point is that the, that the the pit crew boys agreed with you. The pit crew boys yeah. feel that Juju threw the lip sync, so I mean. <clears throat> It's one of those things where she either threw it or it was like an Alyssa Edwards thing last week where they edited it to make it look like she no, didn't No, I'll a very be honest job. with you. Again, we'll get. Can people in the chat room remind Lori to tell me to get into this later? But I honestly think if. Because, you know, I go down the conspiracy theory route. And yeah. as we know, the producers know exactly which queens picked which lipstick. I mean, they're fucking filming them, right? Yeah. And, um,. <clears throat> I think they use that information to whisper into Rue's ear who should win. But I think with this year, with the lip sync assassin, they can work with the assassin to tell them whether or not to go ham. So they probably told Alyssa, because I was surprised Alyssa did no death drops or anything. No, no shablams, no any. She was kind of tame. Maybe they told Alyssa, we need uh, Shay to win. Okay, so we need you to pull back. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah. Uh, uh, for whatever reason, even though it was unanimous vote for Angina, they they wanted it to be that Shay won. Because, Aly- you're right, Alyssa gave it a very muted performance for who Alyssa Edwards is. You know? Yeah. So No, I agree. But anyway, so we'll, we'll, but we'll deal with that when we get to it. Okay, okay. Um, name two. Okay, so two things about the episode. I'll be honest with you, and I've been feeling a lot of this way with uh, All-Stars, is I feel that the season is fine. It kind of reminds me of Drag Race UK. I have no complaints about it. Uh, This season, did you watch last year's uh, All-Stars, Laurie, where they did the... Off and on. Yeah, I watched uh, a little bit of it. So they had to do a similar 
uh, challenge last year where they had to make a club. Now, I'll be honest with you. I didn't even really like that challenge that much. But I felt that was something the queens were more used to. It makes sense. Drag queens are often asked to host a night at a club. So they would n- kind of know how to do that. But how do you present a hotel? It's the same challenge, but now it's a hotel. Like, when are drag yeah. queens ever... When are anybody saying, this is my hotel? Here's why you should come to my hotel. Yeah. I also, like, yeah, I did think it was weird because it wasn't, it was like a, it wasn't even a hotel. It was a hotel room. Mm-hmm. It was like, don't they, wouldn't you usually show different rooms and they were just kind of showing one room? So it was like, yeah. here, come to my hotel room. Yeah. Which I get, you know, you can't obviously show a whole hotel. I'm not dumb, but it, it, here's the thing. I, I think the structure of the game, of the, the con, the competition was was flawed but overall i like that kind of stuff i would have loved to see them do more of the creative stuff i would have loved to see them going and figuring out design and mm-hmm. picking paint colors and stuff but you didn't really see them do a lot of that you just well, kind of saw them show up and it was like they had a paint by numbers kind of thing where they were told what to do and they did it you know it's funny that you say that again i would highly recommend everyone listen to the pit crew this week even if you don't usually listen because alex and philip have experience with painting and that kind of stuff and they were when we were watching it live together i am telling you more than anything i've ever seen in my entire life when they went from the uh, eliminate so they saw the you know the part where the girls were were in the in the in the outfit so they don't get paint on themselves and they saw them they were already laughing they're like they don't even know how to pull the roller you know and then yeah. you know we have elimination day segment and then we have the actual finished product when they when they opened up after the commercial on the finished product they were beside themselves with laughter Beside themselves. Oh, yeah. Because they were like, in no way did these girls paint these walls. That some of these walls required such skill that you needed to be a professional painter to do what the what was going on in these rooms on the walls. Well, that's like the, the <laughs> wall that Jujubee was painting. Remember? Yeah. And then What's-Her-Face said, this is why your makeup's all jacked up. Yeah. That was funny. I like that. But then they then they show it later, and my aunt was like, "There was no way that that paint would have dried that way. There was no way it would have been so splotchy and mm-hmm. so it, like there was no way that it would have dried that way." Uh, well, what's funny is in I can't think I think it's in the Golden Girls room on what would be screen left, your right, right on their stage left. Okay, on that wall there are three different like rainbow colors or something, right? And they yeah. and they seamlessly blend from like blue to purple to orange to yellow. Like they are like that to to do that takes such skill. Also in the gold room, okay. There's very very clear like first of all they said the texture on the gold with the walls is very difficult to do. A professional painter would know how to do that, but not like a person who does not to do it right. And then if you remember, there's like a straight black bar in the middle, and they were saying like to get the paint that straight, like to do everything. That's a professional painter does that. Yeah. So they were, to, and that's. Yeah. Oh, sorry. And that's the thing that I find frustrating about the episode was that, like, it's exactly last week's episode. There's no way. I mean, there's that YouTube video of them Mm -hmm. putting the the audio that they sang in the in the stage to the actual song and it didn't match up. There's no way that this meant. So they're doing it. So it's like Mm -hmm. either. Why not show us every why not do it? Why not show us like 
it's I feel like you guys are lying to us and making you're peeing on my leg and tell me telling me it's raining. Yeah. You know, know, know I just I don't know. I want to give credit where credit is. I forgot that uh, producer Luke Stamen is a professional painter and he's in the chat room saying one thousand percent was not those queens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So anyway. Anyways, it's just frustrating. I, I the thing is, is I like those design challenges. I love it. I would love to watch them actually do it and see how it turns out. And I feel like it's like they they couldn't they couldn't show the queen's flaws. They couldn't show them not being able to do it. So instead, they just showed them kind of attempt it, and then they showed like the end an end product that somebody else worked on. But that's exactly it. Just seems kind of f- fake the, to me. The pit crew boys made the same point you did. Like, wouldn't it be great to see what people who don't know what they're doing what they actually put together? Yeah. Yeah. I would have loved that. Because it was like, it was, the whole thing then was, and what's funny is, again, the Pickroom boys were on point this week. They made a funny Gosh, point, too. You guys really should watch, listen to the Pickroom instead of Patreon.com slash Afterthought Media, the Pit Crew this week. No, but this is a really good point. I don't want to steal their points, because people will then hear it later and go like, wait, Joe just stole everything they say. So, they, okay, so they didn't do the rooms. Fine. Whatever. But then they made the point, then why are their, the, the characters and their jokes so bad? Like, you had all this time, apparently, then, to, yeah. <laughs> to it work was, on it that. It seemed like they were improvising most of their stuff. Yeah. Because it was like, you know, like, Cracker on the phone. First off, like, I mean, look, I like the concept of the room, mm-hmm. but... The idea of like, it was like almost like Cracker thought this was like a nursing home. Like it was like, why, why would you be calling your grandkids at a hotel? Like it just seems so weird. It was, what's funny is it seemed like people who said, oh yeah, I'm a fan of the Golden Girls, but then didn't know anything about the Golden Girls because like they just knew that there was a slut. Right, because and that 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 because uh, there were some really good points. Uh, Shay as Dorothy says, "Picture this," or you know, but that's as everyone knows Sophia's line. But then also the Rose, you would think we'd have Rose saying stupid shit. She didn't say stupid shit. She was just an old Jewish lady. Uh, you'd think you'd have Dorothy with with witty comebacks. No, she's an old lady. And you're right. They talk about being old ladies. What's funny about the Golden Girls? Once again, another Patreon plug. We have Shady Pines, where myself, Mike Lawson, and Joey Buhecker recap every episode of The Golden Girls. Uh, and that's available, by the way, at the basic level. $3 a month, and you're getting Shady Pines, right? This is a Patreon infomercial. It, it's a Patreon infomercial. It's like Better Help last week. It's going to be Patreon. So, yeah. uh, and so, but... But what's funny is that the that the Golden Girls, for the most part, with only the exception of a few episodes, don't play as old ladies. They play as just contemporary, you know, contemporaries who could be any age. And that's actually the role of why Sophia is there, is to sort of be like the older person, the wiser person. So like yeah. they don't actually they're, the, the Golden Girls very rarely are they like we're old oh we're old our grandkids in fact they don't want their grandkids to call you never hear about the grandkids rarely do you ever hear about them unless they're yeah it's always episode. a surprise when they show up yeah it's always like they never talk about them I was we just saw an episode where Dorothy goes to the hospital and I was like no one's calling uh, the kids or her grandkids it's just like the golden girls are there for her in support of her at the hospital no one ever calls any relatives 
so I, I tra- trampled on you. So you said, what were your two things that you liked and your one thing you didn't like? Sorry, I totally cut you off. Okay, uh, that's all right. Uh, I'll tell you what. Um, I really lived for the drama. I know this is the thing. I I know there are a lot of people who don't like it when the show's dramatic, but I love the drama between Alexis and I'll be honest with you. You know who is a fucking national treasure on this show from a reality show standpoint, and I don't think I've ever seen anyone do this so consistently on the show. Jujube. Jujube was great. Jujube. I did love in the beginning yeah. when she was like, when Alexis is like, if you, we need to see who the fake people are, and who the, and Jujube was like, I smell some bullshit. Well, also, like she's like, yeah. I smell some fakery. Or yeah, also when like uh, when Alexis says, "Girl, this is my second language," and Jujube looks at the camera and she's like, "Girl, second language," <laughs> like what? You know? And also, I mean, she is having fun. She is what she's doing that is so brilliant. I'm telling you, whether she wins the crown or not, whether she goes home tomorrow or goes all the way to the end, Juju B has won the season. Because what she's doing, she's great. what's really important is she is connecting to the audience as like, I am your eyes and ears in the workroom. And I'm breaking yeah. the fourth wall and I'm playing with the construct of this game, but still playing within it. She's playing within the construct, but she sees it for what it is. And so... Like, for instance, a perfect example was she knows there's going to be um, uh, that dramatic music when she picks a name, right? And so it goes, it plays that dun 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 And she walks up very dramatically, and we see her being very dramatic with it. But on the ADR and the confessional, she's saying, you want to know what my mind is on? Yes. I'm thinking about my cats. Like, she's like... So it's it's funny because um, she is playing the part of a reality television personality, and she's giving the editors exactly what she wants. She is the narrator of the season. She's, she's the like one that Deadpool. comments. She's like Deadpool. You're right. She's like Deadpool for the Drag Race. She knows that this is a com- she knows that this is a competition. Yeah, she's the only one who knows that this is this isn't. Laurie is referencing a comic book character who's aware that he's in a comic book and that he's a superhero and that he breaks the fourth wall often. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, here's my only critique with that. And mm-hmm. I think I know what you're going to say to that. Mm-hmm. But Shut I up. feel like... <laughs> I feel like Jujube had... Now... She didn't win the lip sync. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not saying that it did happen. Yeah. But Jujube had an opportunity to really stir up some shit mm-hmm. by voting for Shay, mm-hmm. and she didn't. So I personally am like, I wish that she had voted for Shay because I feel like that that would have added extra drama to and would have made it so much richer. No, because what I would argue, and this is what I will argue later is that Juju B is playing three-dimensional chess and she realizes that there is a world outside of that workroom and that there are consequences for behavior for those 3 weeks they're in the room or 2 or 3 weeks they're there that there are consequences in the real world for any decision she makes there and she would rather 
be more of a Yago-like character. She'd rather be a Greek chorus and play it very safe. Because even if she doesn't win and she goes as far as possible and she comes out unscathed, that is better for her career because she's funny, she's lovable, she's personable. She may not have the crown, but she'll make... If you... If you look... Katya didn't win any of these fucking seasons, right? But she yeah. has made more than $100,000. The $100,000 is pocket change. If What you can do if you're popular from the show. The crown is irrelevant. The crown is irrelevant as long as, as how you come off on this I show. I see what you're saying. And I feel Juju okay. B so far is doing a brilliant job of using this show for what it be, for what it should be as a platform to launch her into the stratosphere. I think she's iconic. Okay, Lori. All right. Well, I said my piece. All right. Yeah. And, and I agree uh, with you. I see what you're saying. You better fucking agree with me or I will fucking go down there and I, I know where you live. You'll tell me to go fuck myself. I'm going to tell you to go fuck yourself. After Angina's elimination, after uh, the group congratulates Shay for her win, she reveals and she reveals the result of the group vote. The vote was unanimous for Angina. In fact, even Angina voted for herself. Mariah talked about her anxiety at the thought of going home. Blair asks Shay how it feels to have beaten Alyssa Edwards in a lip sync, and Alexis uh, Mateo reveals she sees Shay as her biggest threat. Lori. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Everything that happened after the previous episode. What were your thoughts there? I I wanted to. I don't know if we need to dive because we kind of did talk a lot about this last time. But Angina voted for herself. Yeah, that to me, I don't know why, but that irks me. Mm-hmm. And I've been really trying to figure out. I feel like again, I feel like it's more of a sympathy thing. Okay, it's like why didn't she just quit the show? Why did she vote, you know, like, why go through all the, all the rigmarole and the pomp and circumstances getting voted off mm-hmm. when you're just going to quit the show? You know? So I have an answer. Years ago, I used to hire for the company, the Princeton Review. I'd hire new teachers. And we warned the people this. Uh, every time you interviewed, you got a warning, you were prepared. In fact, the way I did it was to give them extra warning. I wanted no one to be surprised. But we expected you to come in and teach something non-academic for five minutes. That was the first round of the interview. Okay? Okay. And uh, so we, and we were doing it in big groups, so like probably like 10 people at a time. All right? And we bring in these 10 people, and it would be varying levels of success. People were horrible. Some people were great. Okay? And I remember specifically one time there was uh, one where the first two or three people were really good. Okay? And this young man asked if he could use the restroom. And I said, yeah. And he left, and he never came back. Okay? Okay. And he had had a lot of preparation. He knew what was expected of him. We didn't spring this on them. And so I think he prepared whatever he prepared, sat in the room, watched. He didn't know how many positions were open, but sat and watched these people and realized his wasn't nearly as good and was, I'm, I'm going to peace out. I'm peaced out. Okay. And I feel Angina has been campaigning for years to get an All-Stars. In fact, from even All-Stars 1, All-Stars 1, she drove a, the girls around in a van. It was so, it was so humiliating, right? And uh, I think 
she was so busy campaigning to get on All Stars that she didn't realize that the show and her had gone in different directions. Not saying that her yeah. drag is bad. She's a very competent drag queen. But the show I isn't, love her. Yeah, yeah. The show isn't what it was 12 years ago. It's changed. And she has not changed in the same way that the show has. It doesn't mean she hasn't evolved. It doesn't mean she isn't good. She has just evolved on a different path than the show. And I yeah. think she got in there, went through all of this nonsense, got in that room, did the first episode, and was like, this show is not right for me. I should not have been. I should not be here. Yeah. So. I think I think you're true. I think you're right. But my my thing is mm-hmm. to me, I think that a more noble thing is to go out if she wanted to do that. If she wanted to leave, say, "Hey guys, mm-hmm. like I I have wanted this so badly." But I realize that it's just not for me. Mm-hmm. It's just not something I'm equipped to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bow out. I'm going to go home. And I, I, I'm thankful for the opportunity. And I, instead, she tells people to send her home and then votes for herself, even so, though she claims she still wants to be there. So I, 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 I'm going to tell you right now, I, that might be producer driven. So in All Stars 2... Adore Delano does exactly what you just said. They have the first episode, and this came out later, but uh, Raven Simone, who strangely got married this weekend. Raven Simone, what we don't know, what we find out way later, and you guys, so listening, you may not know this, because the way the show made it appeared, the show made it appeared that Adore was very angry with Michelle, that Michelle was too hard on her. What we later found out from Adore in interviews and other people, that it wasn't um, Michelle, but Raven Simone was the guest judge that episode. And I guess what we didn't see, they didn't air it, Raven Simone went in hard on Adore. To the point where Adore was like, fuck this. Because at the time of All Stars 2, Adore was the big fucking star on the show. Okay, she had been yeah. a, she had some music breakout and she, she was the breakout star. It's not the case anymore, but at the time she was. And I think she was like, I'm a big fucking star. What the fuck am I doing here? And she pieced out episode two. Okay? Uh, and Rue tried to convince her to stay. The producer tried to convince her to stay. Michelle drove down and tried to convince her to stay. This may have happened. I don't know. But this may have happened on the show. But Angina doesn't have the wherewithal to stand up to the producers. Right? Yeah. And maybe they were like, just stay and we'll make sure you leave. Right? But I think maybe Johnny did do that. Here's the thing, though. And I've said this in the past. If Adore was miserable, she should have just thrown in the towel and just instead of quitting, you know, set it up so that the so that she was sent home, you know, uh, and 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 gone out on top and not a quitter. But I don't know. Uh, I I see. I disagree with you though. Okay. I feel like there's more power in just saying I'm out. Okay. And you're I don't right. want to do right. this. I could be wrong. But I I could see what you're saying with you know with wanting not maybe maybe the narrative of the show might be changed to where it might look bad and you might so maybe that's what she was thinking but to me like i don't know but that's i just what I'm feel saying. like it's like that's what the producer the producer you have to remember the producers are not your friend you think they are but they're not your friend they make you think they're your friends but ultimately maybe they are maybe they do genuinely like you but their job is to make the best possible television show somebody quitting 
puts him in a position because the drama of the show builds up to ultimately someone being sent home. And they have yeah. a set number of queens for a set number of weeks. So if someone quits, that means they have to do a double chante. And in, in this in this atmosphere, how do you do a double chante? The way they set up the rules. So they have to. I'm That's saying, true. There's probably very plausible that Angina said, I'm not right for this. I want to quit. And the producers were like, bitch, just fucking go through it. And we'll make sure you go home. But we have to I have you go that. home. Yeah. Anyway. Because they could, when they, you know, the way that they had. Okay. I see what you're saying. So really All quickly, right. really quickly, really quickly, because uh, we'll probably why don't we bring this up now? And we'll talk more about it later during the fight. But it's 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 here first that Alexis and Ms. Cracker get into it. What's funny is it starts with Mayhem rolling her eyes at Miss Cracker, uh, saying, explaining away a reason why she told Angina what she did the episode before. Um, well, doesn't it start with Alexis flat out asking, why did you come for, why did you come for, uh, Oh, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Okay. So yeah. And then, and then Cracker tries to explain it and then Miss, and then Mayhem just sort of rolls her eyes. Yeah. But, uh, what did you think of that moment? I mean, we're, we're going to get into it later when we get into it with when Alexis and Cracker have that showdown. But what did you think? Did you think Cracker was telling the truth? Did you not think she was telling the truth or what was going on here? Well, long story short, I feel like it was super produced. Okay. Super produced. Um, But, you know, here's the thing. I get Miss Cracker. I get her. Do I think that she's right? No. But she's just a very, like, anxiety-ridden perfectionist. And I think that bleeds into other people. So when she sees somebody do something that she herself is feeling... She comes at that person because mm-hmm. she confronts it because so I think she saw in Angina mm-hmm. this like low confidence doesn't feel like she belongs and mm-hmm. she feels that in herself. So instead of saying, which I feel like w- was what Miss Cracker wanted to say, which is mm-hmm. you deserve to be here. You were picked to be here. Mm-hmm. Do the competition. Mm-hmm. She instead says, I wish I had wide out. And she makes it this whole other, you know, kind of lame thing mm-hmm. where I feel like she thought that this was going to be a rallying cry for Angina and it turned out to be the opposite. So I think when Miss Cracker says, I wish I had said it differently, I think she truly means it, but I don't think she wishes that she had not said it. I see. And so I think that mayhem mm-hmm. and Alexis are looking for like more of an apology of like, I shouldn't have said it. And the fact that Miss Cracker was like, no, I don't wish I had I hadn't said it. I wish I had said it differently. I think that doesn't. But to be honest with you, Mayhem, I feel like is not. She's kind of annoying me. You know, she has this holier than thou, higher, you know, high and mighty kind of attitude. And she's kind of middle ground right now. She's mm-hmm. not really she's not in Alexis Mateo's league. She's not in any of the top. She's like middle. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she could be one of the next people to go. And mm-hmm. I don't feel like she's in the right to kind of start criticizing other queens about how they want to play the game. So, I don't know. That's a really good point. Well, I think Mayhem and Angina go way back. You know, Mayhem's been a queen for a long time. Angina's been a queen for a long time. They're both from L- yeah. LA area. They've probably known each other. So, she's staying up for her friend. Um, but I'm trying to put myself in Ms. Cracker's shoes and think about a where she was coming from when she first said it and b 
because sometimes we believe the lies we tell ourselves. So I'm not even saying necessarily that Alex, that Miss Cracker was lying, as much as I think that that's what she told herself. Because she, we don't all, nobody wants to see themselves as the villain in their own story. But why she initially said that to Angina, I don't think I'll ever know. It, it is really weird. If we're assuming that it wasn't just a producer literally saying, say this to Angina, I'm still trying to think about it. Maybe I will. But before we do, Lori, let's take a break. And we'll be back right after this. And we are back from the break. Oh, Lori. It's so funny, these breaks. You know, people think they're a really long time, but they're only like a couple of seconds. Yeah. We just I feel like I, like, took a breath. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's literally, I go, we'll be back right after. uh, Well, let's do how the way it really is in real life, Lori. It's like, we go, and we'll be back right after this. One, two, three. And we're back. So it, you, because you guys sometimes hear a commercial, and so you think, oh, Joe and Lori are sitting there patiently during the commercial. No. It's we take a yeah. breath, or you might even think like, "Oh, Joe and Lori went off and did their own thing." Joe took a nap. Lori went to a Father's Day party with her family. Yeah. No, that's not at all. Joe what played Animal Crossing for four hours, and yeah. Went in, yeah. Anyway, let's get back into this. All right. The next day, after Shay reads Angina's mirror message, the queens gather at her work table, and Alexis asks Miss Cracker why she came for Angina last week. Cracker apologizes, Mayhem doesn't buy it, and Jujubee thinks Alexis is playing head games. Next, RuPaul entered the workroom to announce this week's Maxi Challenge. In this week's Maxi Challenge, you'll be starring in the hottest new hotel design show, Shantae, enjoy your stay. Now, working in teams, you need to design and present your own signature suites worthy of a five-star boutique hotel. RuPaul announced that the teams were previously determined by a random draw. For, by the way, do you believe this random draw in any... Does it, no. 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 It's like, I don't know if... It, you know, we're recording this on Saturday... And uh, the t- Trump had that um, rally today, you know? Oh, okay. And yeah. you remember they were saying like millions of people registered. They were to, like fight him off at the door and stuff like that. Yeah. They haven't even filled the arena. The upper bleachers are empty. And they had an overflow area for an overflow crowd. They had to close it down because there was no overflow crowd. And they're blaming it on all the protests that the, that the people who wanted to go were scared by all the protests. There was one lady who protested. There are a couple hundred who showed up a, a, a little bit of ways away. But nowhere where they're going to block people from showing up. Uh, uh, Travis in the chat room just said something. Do you keep your lip balm in your bra? Like an alters keeps their lipstick? Oh, yeah. I have... Uh... Wait, wait... A lip balm and, and uh, wait, uh, eye drops. Wait, hold on for a second. How much? Wait, I see. I was reading, so I didn't see this. How much? And then shit I have you, my ear cleaner in my pocket, but sometimes I keep it in my bra. How much shit do you have in your bra? Just my ear, air, air, uh, ear drops, air, eye drops, and my lip balm. Where does it? Sometimes go? I'll keep cash in the other one. Wait, look, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. You keep cash in your bra? 
Yeah, just in case if I'm not like wearing um uh uh like a uh, if I don't have a fanny pack or a backpack or if I'm just like going out for a hot minute, I'll just keep cash in my bra. So when you so when you go to the AMPM or wherever you go, the 7-Eleven, yeah. and you are buying a, you know a pack of Big League Chew, you will reach yes. you will reach your your I'm doing it right now on video. You'll put your hand, you'll put it in, you'll take out your sweaty five dollar bill with your boob sweat and hand it to them. There's no boob sweat. It's on the top of my bra. I'm just going one place. Usually, I'll take it out before I come into this. Go into the store. Is it? Would it be? Would you still be decent if you were to show me where it is in your bra? Or would it be indecent? Okay. It's just like right here. Like I just put it and take it out and have it right there. Why? Is, I want to know something, Lauren. I'm being honest here. What? We've known each other for probably about 15 years. Okay. Yeah, off and on. I don't think we didn't. There was a stretch of time where we didn't really. There was like talk 12 years other. and we didn't talk. But I wonder what happened all, in those 12 years, all the drama that I missed out on. But my question is I mean, we would say hi to each other. Yeah, we talk every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My question is this Why is it after all these years, I still am finding out new shit about you every single time? I've you knew i always call i say i have to grab something from my vault and then i grab my lip i don't think i notice remember what i think i think you know i think you just blocked it out Uh because when we were eating one time i said oh i have to grab something from my vault and you're like Uh oh my god what do you call your vault Uh then we had a whole conversation about it so Uh, yeah hmm. anyway uh okay rupaul so well, let's, let me finish this part of the script. RuPaul announces that the teams were previously determined by a random draw. A f- I do not believe that at all, by the way, whatsoever. There's no way. No, there's no random. Random my ass. Maybe maybe a guy named Random, the guy that nicknamed Random, yeah. paired the a teams. A gay guy. Yeah, a gay named guy. Like, random. Random, get your ass over here and put these teams together the way we tell you to put them. But anyway, team one was Ms. Cracker, Mariah Paris, Balenciaga, and Shea Coulee. Team two was Jujube, India Farah, and Alexis Mateo. And team three was Mayhem Miller and Blair St. Clair. Uh, back in the workroom, the queens brainstormed their signature suites, which must include a welcome basket, signature nightcap, and a room tour. Blair and Mayhem go for glamour, glitter, and gold. Ju- oh, did, did they consult with you? Because you're the goddess of glamour, glitter, and gold. I did not get a phone call. Yeah. Juju B. India and Alexis set on a tropical jungle theme, and Cracker, Mariah, and Shay choose to emulate the Golden Girls. Next, the queens are taken to the Maxi Challenge set and are given materials to design their hotel suites. There's a fake moment when Team Shay pretends to start a beef with Team Alexis, but otherwise, nothing of importance happens during that entire segment. Lori, your thoughts on everything leading up to Elimination Day. We're talking about uh, the... Um, what, the uh, oh the whole let's let's go piece by piece here. What about this thing with uh, Cracker apologizing, Mayhem not buying it and stuff? We t- we discussed that already, though, didn't we? We kind of discussed it. I said I said I wanted to go into it a little further because I kind of I feel I understand what Miss Cracker is saying. Again, do I think it's it's right? No, I don't think she should have said anything. In fact, I kind of I'm kind of now having the 10 seconds between the break, I've now decided that I agree with Mayhem Miller. I feel like Mayhem Miller kind of said what everybody said, which is that like, don't like, 
you said it to say you you didn't you know you meant every word mm-hmm. like don't try and backtrack now yeah i get that alexis maybe said well not alexis um miss cracker was like oh i wish i had said different words but the sentiment was the same but then it's like well then you wish you don't wish you had said you know like you meant what you said you know so, yeah, when we were talking earlier i wish we had more than a few seconds to for me to think about it because i i told yeah. you that like so i didn't have enough time but I do. I am in this pickle where I feel like I don't think Miss Cracker is lying. I don't. I don't think she's lying. But I think she's changed. She's rewritten history about why she said it. I still can't figure out why she would, apropos of nothing, if we're going to assume that the edit is correct and there's no producer involvement. Without producer involvement, why would she, out of the blue, just say... Hey, ju- I almost kind of want to go back and find that moment, but let's not do that now. Let's let's. I I legit, and I know this sounds really weird. I feel like the jacket gave her a weird sort of confidence. Like with that jacket on, that pink fluffy jacket, she had this like weird, like kind of like she felt like she had. She was like, you know, you know how when you put on like a piece of clothing and you're just like, mm-hmm. I'm a star. Mm-hmm. I think she I think that jacket gave her that it was like a superman's cape and she just felt like I got to right the wrongs and she just felt like she needed to talk about how she felt. And uh I I will be honest with you I don't think it was producer driven. I think legitimately Miss Cracker is the type of person who's like I have to tell you how I feel. I've actually pulled the audio cuz I want to solve this right now. I've actually pulled the audio. But uh, let, let, cause I want to get to the bottom of this because it seems to be the thing going through this whole episode, too. You know? Oh, okay, you all got a vote. How yeah. does that feel? Yeah. For the first time ever. <sighs> I felt I was up all night because my decision. I don't know if I did the right thing. Do you think that you voted for the wrong person? Okay, I'm going to stop right there. So, and then watch when, as soon as she had, doesn't have the jacket on, that's when she's super apologetic. But then, hold saying. on. But I'm going to, I'm going to end my jacket conspiracy yeah. now because I feel like I'm getting too far into it, but I'm just saying that, you know, but she I, apologizes not wearing I feel jacket. watching more closely though, I feel though, like this seems very producer driven because all of a sudden, apropos of nothing, India stretches her arms on the table and says, so... You girls all got to vote. And you're like, okay. <laughs> why, yeah. why would you randomly bring that up? You know? And then, and then, uh, it's just everyone's like, yeah, we got to vote. And then Cracker then just all of a sudden bursts into this. And this is what Blair says, do you think you voted for the wrong person? Here we go. I feel I should have brought in some whiteout, maybe. Because Angina, Derek, and Mayhem, they believed that they could do it. Mm-hmm. And you didn't believe in yourself. And that's an all-star thing. Uh, where did that come from? Cracker wants to put my name... Derek... Okay. It, okay. First off, the thing that frustrates me the most is Angina going, uh, where did that come from? It came from you. <laughs> you yeah. were the one who said, I didn't feel confident. Like, you could argue Miss Cracker's point, too, but I just, it's infuriating to me that Angina's like, this came out of nowhere. You know what I'm thinking? 
I actually think it's not spoken, and I don't know why. I feel all of this could have been not over. Maybe Cracker did say this. I think what the subtext here is, I think I figured it out. Now I'm quote unquote kind of Team Cracker. I think where I'm I'm gonna criticize Cracker is just bitch, just fucking put it out there. I think what Cracker is trying to say is the reason he couldn't sleep wasn't because on he didn't put on China's name, and kind of it is, right? The reason he yeah. couldn't sleep was he knew how badly Derek Barry wanted to be there. Okay? Yeah. He knew how badly Derek wanted to be there. And the fact that he also knew Angina had already given up. And that Angina still was there. And Derek wasn't. Derek was home. He felt this enormous guilt that this person who really wanted to be there had gone home. And a person who didn't want to be there was still in the competition. And I think that's why he was originally... Do you think that Angina gave up at that point? She had already given up? Yeah, because if you remember, we have to go back to episode one. Angina in the workroom is like really talking about how horrible she was and whatnot and apologizing for how bad her act was and stuff like that. And who knows? Yeah, she said she wasn't confident. Yeah. She so, said, she, she, I didn't have confidence in myself yeah. to win. So I think that's what it, and I don't know why he's afraid to say it or why they're not showing that, but I think that's what the subtext is. The subtext is we sent someone home whose career depends on this, wanted to be here. And, and in fact, what's so funny is the show articulates this point in this episode, in, in episode three, when they show, when they show every, I'm going to, I'm going to go back here. When they show everybody, Talking about um, who went home, uh, and, they, and they show that Angina even voted for herself. I think it's Blair. It was Blair St. Clair in a confessional who said what Cracker's point should have been. Listen, listen, this is after they see that everybody unanimously, including Angina, voted for Angina. Here okay. we go. All right, let's lay them all out. One for Angina, two for Angina, 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 Angina. Unanimous. I am still angry with her because she never angered on China. Just gave up. She was like doing damage control before it happened. If I went home and found out someone else gave up, I'd be devastated. This is an opportunity of a lifetime. That's exactly what it is. If I went home and look at Blair just articulated it. If I went home and I found out someone had given up and I wasn't there. I'd be devastated. The only thing I think, Joe, the only problem I have with that is that she didn't give up till after the the second episode. She gave up during after the her performance and she was in the bottom. I think that's when she gave up. You're making it seem like she gave up right at the first episode. But I don't why, think she gave but, up then. But why is Cracker saying that? I, I don't want to go all the way back to episode one. I, but that's what, but what I'm saying is, is I think I don't. Th- I think you're putting too much into it. I think she legitimately was just reiterating what Angina said in the first episode, and she even says later on, she said, "I what I should have told you was you do deserve to be here, and you should know that." And I think that yeah, Ms. but that's Cracker the, that's the said pro- it in a way to try and light a thunder, thunder, light a fire under. Uh, Angina's butt and it didn't work. It backfired. And I, I think that's when Angina started giving up. I think she started putting a positive spin on what she was saying, right? But 
still, it's just a positive spin on, bitch, you gave up and Derek Barry, who wants to be here, went home. So you see I that? don't think she gave up, though. I don't think she gave up. She said she just wasn't confident. I think she gave up at this the last, the second episode. I don't know. I can't waste any more tears over this, Lori. But, I mean, regardless of that, I do think it's funny that Alexis then jumps in and starts saying, I need to know where everyone's... Like, like essentially, like, you guys better show that you're real. Well, if not, then there will be consequences. And it was kind of like, okay, Alexis. Look, <laughs> like, here's, here's the proof in the pudding that Alexis is just fucking with Miss Cracker's head. We just heard Alexis on the couch tell uh the group that she's really angry with angina for giving up okay yeah so how can then you be mad at miss cracker for being mad at angina for giving up well i think there wasn't their argument that she kind of put that in angina's head and that kind of what okay. started the whole okay, thing Okay, that's great but don't we see 40 minutes later alexis lose her shit on uh cracker and say to her uh listen bitch all these other bitches are talking about you behind your back. I'm the only one being real with you and telling you how I feel to your face. Okay? Is couldn't Cracker make the same argument about Angina? Hey no, Angina, I agree. all these bitches are talking about you how you've given up. I'm the only one telling you to your face. So so Alexis is being two-faced. She is literally doing what Cracker did to Angina. She's doing it to Cracker. I agree. I think that. She's playing to her anxiety. I think uh, uh, Cracker played to Angina's anxiety, and Alexis yeah. is doing the same thing. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, and and uh, if Alexis were smart, she would just own it. Anyway. Well, I think it's. I think again, I think it's a justification. I think both of them don't realize that, or don't won't acknowledge that they're just playing mind games. I think they both think that they're trying to help the other person. Yeah. You have to think, you have to remember, first and foremost, these are men. Mm -hmm. And men's egos are, you know, like the most fragile things in the world. How did we just get there? Well, I'm just saying, men are, men have fragile egos. So, no, we don't, Lori. Okay. Let's talk about, uh, so then they get the challenge and they make this hotel room. What are your thoughts on this challenge, Lori? I mean, I liked it when I heard it. I will say, though, that one thing that frustrated me was they had two groups of three and then a group of two. Why didn't they just have, like, four groups of three? Or four groups of two? Or, I mean, uh, five groups of two. Why didn't they just have two, 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 two? They had... they could have done that. Wait, I want you to go back. I I can't do math. Yeah, substitute teacher. Substitute teacher Laurie Roggenkamp. Can you go back and do the math? I can't do math. I think it's four groups of two. Why don't they have four groups of two? No. Shit. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Four groups of two. Mm-hmm. You sure about Thank that? Thank you. Uh, yes, I am. Because you just take off the two from the extra one extra ones from the three, and then you have an extra group. I don't know. Was it five? I don't remember. Well, probably because I suck at this. I'm not great with uh, or two groups of four or one group of eight. You know, why not have that? I think it's a time consideration thing. I think we only want to do three. 
and uh, that's the way it's going to be. Uh, but what did you think of the what did you think of the challenge in general? Forget the queens in it. Forget the quality. Just as a, as a challenge, what were your thoughts on it? Um, I think I've mentioned this before, but I loved the idea of the challenge. It was the mm-hmm. execution that I I was frustrated with because I wanted more. I wanted to see these queens really work on this room and really look like I loved when they were coming up with the design with coming up with the idea. I love I I liked the little bit that we got to see of them actually working on it. Um but I would have loved more of it. I wanted to see more. Mm-hmm. And um so, you know, I, I I was a little frustrated that it didn't uh it there wasn't more. I would have I I really wanted that. So, that's All it. All right. Very good. Uh now, I want to talk about the queens on the on the set. And we've talked about this a little bit before. I'm trying to understand the logic of having them having us believe that the girls actually painted the set and put it together. Well, it's the same logic of of us believing that they actually this music that they were singing is the music that they were um you know, singing in the, in the, that they recorded is really the music. I mean, it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird, um, you know, what, what is it called? Like television magic. It's a weird way to, to showcase television magic where it's like, or magical realness, sorry, Mm -hmm. where it's like, who, why, you know, Oh, who cares who painted it? It's like, well, it would have been nice. I wanted to see a room that Mariah Paris Balenciaga painted. Mm Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see that. I want to see what that looked like. And I feel cheated in a way. Well, look, I wouldn't... Look, I, they could totally spin it off. You guys are designers. We want you to come up with the concept and our crack team. And they could even bring in, like, a pit crew who's not really going to do it. Of hot yeah, guys and pink. Like, they're going to make your dreams come to life. You know? And then show that. Show them yeah. picking, you know. There was a... Uh, I can't think of the name right now. But there was a guy... Who used to have his own design show, and it only lasted about a season. Yeah, and it was hit. It, it was a very produced show, mm-hmm. and the f- frustration I had with it is that he was in a design competition challenge where he became like a. He was known as a really great designer. And he went through the whole competition, and you got to see him actually do work, and you got to see him paint, and you got to see him design, and then he got his own show, and it was so produced. That he would like go and he would be like, oh, I, I'm making this chair. And then he would like buy like a wood that wasn't even the same color as the wood that ended up. And I know you can stain wood, but it was a completely different kind of wood. And it was like he would go and buy a table and then you would see the finished product and the table was completely different. And he lived in L.A. So he always used like different like L.A. studios and stuff, which is great. But it was just so it like never you never got to see the work you never got to see what how he did it and that was fr- so frustrating to me mm-hmm. cuz that's the kind of stuff i i want to see them working together as a team and how and how they get to the point and i want to see drama and i want to see the frustration i want to see that and i felt like we got like a tiny glimpse of that and then it was like the rest was just like yeah and then also and then the rooms painted <laughs> all right let's move on 
Uh, all right, it's elimination day, and the girls get ready for the challenge. India worries about being overshadowed. Mayhem thinks Cracker is insincere. Cracker talks through her feelings, and Alexis butts in the conversation. Shay defends Cracker, but Alexis stands up to her and drops the comment that all the other girls are talking about Cracker behind her back, but Alexis is brave enough to tell Cracker to her face. Well, we kind of discussed this in detail, but did you have any big thoughts on this elimination day? I just felt like Alexis was just like, she just, she saw a wounded animal. She saw a wounded deer and she just pounced, mm-hmm. you know, she knew that she could like pick an Alex, uh, at McCracker and that Did you just she call her McCracker? Eating... Yeah. I was going to, I said Alexis and I was like, Alexis is not her name. So I said, McCracker. Uh, and so I just, I just, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I thought it's one of those things where, it's like, okay, let it go. You know, we've move on. Like mm-hmm. it, I just feel like it's, it's, it's like pick a different battle. Like yeah. I would have even been happier if she had just started a fight with Shay. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, just move on from cracker. Yeah. Let's fig- let's move on now. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I feel like we've discussed a lot of this in other parts of the show. Uh, I will say that what I was going to say when you were talking, what I was thinking, well, first of all, I was thinking about like how I really wanted something to fall on your head and I would have loved that. Yeah. But also I, I was thinking about how is what, and I know we kind of discussed this already. How is what Alexis, it, there is a reaction right now where people are really mad at Alexis for what she did. Right. And I know I've said that. I don't know if I necessarily, Oh, I talked about that just between us girls, but how much I buy into it. Right. But it is true that the editors, at least, want us to see Alexis as the villain and Cracker as this, oh, my God, I'm so, you know, anxious about what's going on. When essentially, how is what Alexis did to Cracker fundamentally different from what Cracker did to Angina? Well, I think the only thing I will say is that at least there was some kind of thread with Alexis. Yeah. Like, she followed a thread mm-hmm. where she overheard her and Shay talking, and then she said other stuff. Whereas, I feel like with Cracker, there was no thread. There was just, like, she just all of a sudden goes, she had that locked and loaded. Yeah, I also... She was going to talk about it. I've seen people comment on this on Reddit about, like, oh my god, she's like right all the way across the workroom. If you ever have a chance to go to a, a, a drag con again, and if they have the workroom up, I think they only have it up in L.A. because the set is right there. It's not that the workroom is tiny. It's not tiny. It's just smaller than you think it is. And I would say Cracker is about maybe five feet, maybe six feet from Alexis at that point. She's very close. I know exactly where she is. She is really close to where uh Alexis is. They're very, they're closer than what the camera would show you. It really is like, let me, uh, also, they're like show whispering, which I always like is like well, not a wh- where where it's like, you know, it's how we're talking right now, but they're just talking in like a lower pitch. Yeah. So you think that it's not, it's not reaching. And it's like, no, people can still hear she's you. She's really, she, guys, she is closer. As someone who's been in the workroom, she's closer than you think she is. I would say about four or five feet away. Maybe six feet away. So, which isn't very far. And also, you know, the cameras are only focused on so many conversations. So, of course, Alexis in the mirror sees the lights and the cameras pointed. So, of course, she's eavesdropping. Does that make sense? And like I said, and it's not hard to eavesdrop because 
it's, they're closer than you think. It's just the camera makes it look because of the depth of field that they're much farther away than they are, but they're very, very close to each other. They're, it's almost like if the, she was in the next sal- booth in a salon, you know? So, uh, all right. Uh, let's go on to the Maxi Challenge. For the Maxi Challenge, Cracker, Mariah, and Shay present Golden Gals Palace and Resort. Alexis, India, and Jujubee go tropical in the Glamazone. And Blair and Mayhem go for gold with the 24-karat experience. Lori, your thoughts in general about the Maxi Challenge? Like, I mean, we could go one by one, but I, I think my thoughts are the same for all of them. Like, Golden Gals, did you have any specific thoughts? Well, here, okay. I feel like this is a... a how this might not be the best way to explain it, but this is how I've chosen to explain it. It's kind of like, I feel like in the, um, the season 12 storytelling or a one man show competition, mm-hmm. uh, where what they are doing is fine, but it's not the challenge. Yeah. They are showcasing a hotel. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fine. I love the theme. I loved every one of them. Mm-hmm. I thought every one of them was great. You did? Um, yeah, I loved all of them. I thought they all had fun fun parts to it. Okay. Like the, uh, the, uh, the um, what was it called? The, the pee-pee lounge? What was it called? Um, I thought that was great. Uh-huh. I loved the Golden Girls room. I thought, mm-hmm. I thought, I loved the bedspread. I thought, I was like, I told Star I wanted to buy that bedspread. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, I don't think it was the challenge, though. Mm-hmm. I think they were supposed to showcase the hotel and say, here are one of our rooms. But it was almost like they were trying to showcase like an apartment or like you can live here. Like mm-hmm. the Golden Girls one felt like a, a retirement home. Yeah. This, the the jungle one felt like a safari. Mm-hmm. Like you were going on safari and you were going to be doing like you were going to be living there and the and the golden one felt like it was like uh you're they wanted you to live there like they wanted you to live at oh, the like a at, retirement at, home like, yeah like i i didn't feel like i was going i didn't feel like i was being sell, sold on a hotel i felt like i was being sold on a timeshare mhm so yeah. that's how i felt it, this is one of those cases but i liked all of them this is one of those cases where i agree with the judges where i didn't see Really, maybe a little bit with Mariah, but how Shay or Cracker were in any way channeling their uh, respective Golden Girls characters. Like, I saw very little Dorothy in there, and I saw very little Rose in what Cracker was doing. And um, and even Mariah was a stretch. She was just being a slut. They, it's, it's almost like they only thought, well, someone's a slut, you know? Yeah, and, it's like somebody told. It's like right before camera came on, where I was like, "I've never seen the Golden Girls," and somebody's like, "Oh, she's a slut." And she's yeah, like, got it. Okay. Yeah, and also um, the the judge the um, the the what they were trying to get across because they say, "Oh, these people came to their final rest in these places." Bob Hope and Frank Sinatra are saying that, right? And it's one of these things where it's like. Well, is it a hotel? You're right. Or is it a retirement home? Is it a hospice? What is this? And all they yeah. did was make standard issue hacky old people jokes which i think we discussed this earlier i I can't believe i don't remember because it was just you know like 30 minutes ago but it uh <laughs> it was so t- so short ago i mean it, I yeah believe- no, i can't believe it. my memory is really going but uh but it's it, it, it's they didn't do any golden girl the golden girls weren't they, it's, not, it's not like being old is all the golden girls talk about it's mostly not of what they talk about they have 
very distinct yeah. characters and, and personalities that you could play, but it wasn't about being old. Yeah, it's like if you if you did if you were uh, you know anywhere the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. No, the the family didn't talk about all the time about being black. Yeah, like they just lived their lives. Exactly. Like, it was like the Golden Girls didn't talk about what it's like to be. I mean, there were circumstances that came up that made them address yeah. the being old, but they never like nobody was like. Oh, I'm an old person, and this is what old people do. You know, I just I don't know. You know, what's I thought. Really, uh, you know what's really funny, and this is not a Golden Girls recap, but uh, Rue McClanahan at the start of the Golden Girls was either younger or around the same age that like Sandra Bullock and Jennifer Aniston are now. That was considered old then. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Let oh, me see, let, let, let me see how old. Uh, who do you want, Jennifer Aniston or Sandra Bullock? Sandra Bullock. I feel like. Sandra Bullock is younger. So Sandra reason. Bullock is fifty-five years old. Okay, fifty-five. No yeah. shit. Yeah. Oh my Rue god. McClanahan. If you told me she was thirty-eight, I'd believe you. Hanahan. I don't know why. Age, I should be better. Start of Golden Girls. Uh, she was fifty-three when she started the Golden Girls. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Aniston just for is fifty one, so Jennifer Aniston still has a couple years. But I mean, that's what they were. I mean, if you're thinking about Sandra Bullock and Jennifer Aniston, that's how old Rue McClanahan was. That's how what they were considering the Golden Girls. You know? Yeah. Uh, somebody brought up this before, and I, I, uh, Luke, uh, producer Luke brought it up again. I. Forgot to address it, but somebody said the backdrop for the Golden Girls room was the same print as Shay's entrance look and her backdrop for DragCon. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so maybe that's what it was. Um, now, the what are your thoughts on the jungle one or the gold one? I liked them. Mm-hmm. I like the. I liked the. I mean, it, obviously, you know, we could always go back to the whole thing of like, there's no way that they actually did it, mm-hmm. but yeah, I like the way it looked. Yeah, well, so, why would we go back to that, Lori? We just talked about that just a few minutes ago. I know. I I liked it. I liked them. I mean, they were all very, I mean, it's like, you know, they had a professional do it. So, of course, it's going to look good. But I guess my point is I, I found myself losing interest within a minute of each one. I felt they all ran about a minute or two too long. Well, that was the thing that I thought was so weird, which is what we addressed so, you know, in such a short time ago, mm-hmm. which is that... Okay, if they didn't work on the room, mm-hmm. then they must have worked on their presentation. Mm-hmm. So why were their presentations so like, and this is, uh, we do this, and uh, this yeah. is where the, and uh, yeah. this is where you pick up the phone. It yeah. was just so, it was like, I was like, what, why, why are you guys, it, it looked literally like they were like, all right, we get, you got 10 minutes. Yes. What are you going to do? Yes. That's exactly what it felt like. And also, like, India's like, God, I don't want to be overshadowed. I don't want to be overshadowed. I don't want to be overshadowed. And then India in the background just quietly, like, golden shower head. You know, it was just like, yeah. no personality. I mean, the only one I thought that was really good, so she deserved to win. Jujube had some really good lines. Jujube was funny. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, we'll get to it, which is why I feel weird that they picked the group the golden group to win, but Ju- or the golden group was say uh, was the best. By the way, not the golden Jujube girls, not the golden girls. The twenty four karat 
experience. Oh, 24 with, karat. Yeah, that's with what bl- I mean. yeah, yeah. But it's, it's hard to explain. Yeah. So I thought, I was like, just pick the, if the, just pick the queen. Like just, mm-hmm. I, I thought that was such a weird thing to do. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. Very good. Uh, well, for, look, I'll give my opinion right now. I thought they were all boring. The end. Uh, I thought they looked great. Mm-hmm. I thought they looked great. I thought, but, and I, I would have liked to have seen more. I would have liked it to have been a whole hotel. Mm-hmm. Like, look, I, I've stayed at enough hotels to know that a hotel commercials are, are very weird. Mm-hmm. And I would have loved there to be a whole hotel commercial. I would have loved a green screen. I would have loved, you know, like bang it out. Do mm-hmm. a, you know, there was, they could have done a great job, but I just felt like they just didn't do enough. So. All right. Well, Laura, I got big news for you. It's time for the looks. Category is three looks in one. Now, the good thing is that neither you nor I like to talk about the looks. So I have some general notes, but what do you have? Uh, I mean, I liked all of them, to be oh, honest really? with you. There wasn't any. Though, actually, the, there was... Uh, I. There were two that I thought were good, and I I, I was shocked that, that they got judged so har- harshly, and I thought that was uh, Shay and uh, Mariah Paris Balenciaga. I didn't oh, see why they had to be judged so harshly. What I'm going to say right now is either a good thing, and they should do this more often, or a bad thing. The title okay. is so vague... That there could be different interpretations of what three in one looks means. And you see two different interpretations on the runway. It seemed like the girls that got it right were the ones that they got because they got the most praise were reveal after reveal after reveal. Right? And the ones that seemed to get the most criticism were the ones that were like... Here's the same outfit in one version, two versions, and three versions. Does that make sense? So, like, for instance, India is a perfect example here. Even though her look was terrible for other reasons, it was the same look and the same uh, everything, except it would go in different ways. But it was the same essential color theme and, and everything, right? And I don't blame India. I mean, you can blame her for a lot because it was just it just looked cheap. But... Uh, but I think she interpreted it one way. I also think Mariah interpreted it the same way and did a better job at it. But it was still the same essential color scheme, but just like different making it, turning the, the outfit into different parts by taking things off and putting them on. What's yeah. funny is on the judges' critiques, the judges critique Mariah Paris Balenciaga and say, well, all you really did for that first look was take off a jacket, which is true. But what's funny is... I think even more egregious mayhem did that. Like, because at least Mariah was like a very prominent jacket. Uh, Mayhem's first look was a jacket that you could barely tell that she even took off a part of her clothing. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe they did. Maybe they did give her the same um, uh, critique. We didn't see it, but I thought mayhem was worthy of the same critique. That was my frustration is I felt like, it just to me, I felt like it more showcased who the judges liked, because I feel like you you got 
they all had like to me similar reveals in mm-hmm. certain ways. Yeah. And you and it just was like and depending on what drag queen they would be like I love this or I didn't like that. And it was like I don't feel like there was a a big difference. Mhm. So, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean I liked them. I thought they were all great. I really don't have any I mean I'm terrible to judge for outfits, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neither one neither you nor I should should uh, judge her outfits. Uh, okay, Lori, any other thoughts on the looks? I mean, unfortunately, I will say this. I think Blair, this is where Blair shines. I felt mm-hmm. like she really edged out. Mm-hmm. I thought she looked great. And so I think that, you know, I think she'll have a, a long, long, she might go long, longer than people think because she looks so good on the runway. All right. Very good. Well, that's going to do it for the looks. Uh, Blair, over on the main stage, Blair and Mayhem are the winning team, uh, but Jujubee wins a spot of top all-star of the week for her individual performance. Jujubee, Blair, and Mayhem are dismissed from the stage, and Alexis Mateo and Miss Cracker are safe, which leaves India Ferris, Shea Coulee, and Mariah Paris Balenciaga vulnerable for elimination. Now, before the lip sync, the queens return to the workroom for cocktails. Shea is gooped and gagged that she's in the bottom. India is sick of being in the bottom and gets emotional thinking about the possibility of being sent home. Shay pleads for the other queen's respect, and Alexis points out that Shay got the worst critiques. Mariah expresses her appreciation to Cracker for being in a group with her, and finally, the choose the queens chose their lipsticks. Uh, Lori, I think I have, I might have a list of who chose what lipstick, but um, what were your thoughts on everything that happened backstage during the jury moment? I do think it's funny that India was trying. Like, I think I've told you before, but there's this uh, improv game called Oscar moment. And it's Mm -hmm. where you do two uh, people are doing a scene. So they're improvising a scene together. And then Mm -hmm. the director will call. Well, uh, there's either, there's a couple ways they can do this. They'll either put the spotlight on you yeah, and, or they'll call the person. So like, if I'm in, they'll be like, Lori Oscar moment. Mm -hmm. So just be innocuous scene of me, like sitting at a table with my family. And then Mm -hmm. I have to like do an uh, Oscar moment. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like legitimately felt like as soon as like somebody from the back said, India, Oscar moment. And she goes, I've been working my whole life. <laughs> just like, yeah. Where did that come from? Lori. Oscar moment. You sit here and you tell me that I don't know how to run first response. Well, I gotta tell you, my first response to you is I try my hardest to make everybody feel special. Everybody feel safe. Because that's how I was raised. And that's how I'm gonna keep doing the show, whether you'd like it or not, Mr. Batance. So you can kick me off. Oh, sorry. So you can kick me off, or you can keep me, but I'm still gonna be me. Thank you. Wow. Joe. Yeah. Oscar performance. I remember when I was sitting there. And I got those emails. The emails were like, please, Joe. 
I have a sick mother at home, and the only life that I, the only joy in life that I get is listening to you and Lori. And you've taken that from me. Do you know what that's like, Lori? Do you know what it's like to let, you know, little Elizabeth uh, Warden down? That she's at home, not being happy, that she's bored? <laughs> and you're sitting there laughing at me with that cackle? Well, I'm going to tell you what, Lori. I have one thing to say. Attica! 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 That's right, Lori. I don't know what that means. But I'm going <laughs> to shout that. Until you leave the until you leave the first response and maybe one day this country can laugh one more time. Thank you. <laughs> I don't even know what I was saying there. I love that Elizabeth Elizabeth Warren is the one who emailed me. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren potential, was... potential presidential nominee. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren. She's a big fan of the show. Elizabeth Warren is a big fan of the show. Didn't you know that? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I heard rumors. Yeah. Oh, that was it. That uh, was okay. Oh, that was <laughs> I thought you were telling me. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was done. I know usually I tend to meander, but yeah. I was actually done with uh, that. All right. Well, here we go. So for what they showed us on the episode, Cracker voted for Mariah. Alexis voted for Shay. Mayhem voted for Shay, Mariah voted for India, and India voted for Mariah. Neither one voted for Shay. You know what I want to talk about right here, and just because this came up, is I wanted to talk about the politics, because a lot of people, like the pit crew boys, are wondering this, and we've heard people discuss, wouldn't the smart move be to get rid of Shay? I mean, she is the biggest competition. This is your chance now to take her down. And take down a giant. Look, this is my nightmare. I have said since the beginning, since episode, since last episode, because the first episode I wasn't a fan of mm-hmm. Shay, and now, and then I was like a huge fan of Shay's. And this has been my nightmare that Shay is going to get in the bottom, and then they're going to get rid of her. Mm-hmm. Now, do I want that to happen? No, but logistically, that is what should have happened. They should have voted Shay out. In the competition, you vote out the weaker. You vote out the. You vote out your competition. Yeah. I there there is a. I feel like with competition shows, there is an unwritten rule where you want the the strongest to rise up and then compete against each other. But I feel like the sh- the shows that have that the seasons that have people who are like, I don't give a shit about the rules. I'm voting off. Whoever is in my way, whoever mm-hmm. I feel like is in my way, and if it's a top dog, it's a top dog. If they allow themselves to get to the bottom to be voted off, I'm getting rid of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think those are the bet end up being the best seasons because then it's like, who's going to go? Who's going to win? If mm-hmm. Shay had left, it would have changed the game. It would have lit, and I honestly feel like the producers did that because they wanted to move. They wanted her to move up. Is this my Oscar moment? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, you got you gotta go. I understand the competition. Shay. I understand. But you know what? 
We don't want you anymore, Shay. Go on, get out of here, Shay. Get out. Go. All right, don't turn around. I don't want to see your face anymore. You need to go. That's it. Um, well, this is what I would say. Is that what you're saying is true if the show exists in a vacuum? Okay? But the the so like on a show like Survivor or The Amazing Race or any other well they don't vote people on The Amazing Race but Survivor is a good one where you vote people out was like you, afterwards in theory whether you win or not you're going back to your old life you're not going to go around the you know performing but these queens this is supposed to help launch their career and so they have to think about their career post Drag Race and so they realize because they've seen it happen in the past that if they vote off a fan favorite or someone who's deemed worthy of being there, the fans are going to come for them. And and so they have to think strategically outside of the show. What someone said in the first response yesterday, and I thought was really smart, was that they think, because a lot of people are then like, well, okay, I get that argument, but then India was clearly the weakest person, so why don't you just vote her off? And someone wisely said, and I don't remember who it was, and I'm so sorry, is that they what they think happened is that uh, they they calculated Mariah is the strongest competitor that we can vote off, which won't give we won't receive any blowback for it, you know. I think that was I think that was Spiral Queen or Nick. I think that either one of those two, or maybe they both said the same thing. But yeah, I I, I once that was said, I agreed because I do feel like I think India's the only saving grace for India is that she's non-threatening. You know, people know that if they're in the room with her, that mm-hmm. odds are she's probably, they're probably, she's probably going to go home. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like if you have India and Juju B, yeah. I mean, there's no contest. Yeah. You're right. Very good. Uh, all right. Back on the main stage, RuPaul reveals this week's lip sync assassin, all star season four joint winner, Monet exchange. She goes head to head with first time maxi challenge winner, Juju B the song juice by Lizzo. The winner Monet exchange, Monet exchange reveals that the queen to be voted out with Mariah Paris, Balenciaga, Lori Roggenkamp. Any final thoughts on the episode? what do you think of the lip sync? what do you think of Monet exchange? what do you think? Uh, are, are any thoughts that we didn't get to today? We mentioned this before, but I um, I would love. Could do you think you could pull up the the lip sync? Maybe we could see it. There is a legit moment where Monet Exchange and Juju B are dancing together, and Juju B looks legit terrified. Unfortunately, um, I closed that out. Oh, okay. Uh, I I'll love to find it if I could do a boomerang or something because it it she just looks like she's like I don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little saddened because look, I think. Money Exchange came out looking gorgeous. Mm-hmm. She did. She did such a good job, and I felt like Juju B just kind of like winged it. Mm-hmm. You know, she obviously didn't know the words, which is hard because that song's been on everywhere. I knew more words to the song than uh, Juju B did, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. I just felt. Do you think that's the reason? I perhaps was she was. Dis- do you think the reason? Perhaps she was nervous. What nervous about what? Sorry. Mm-hmm. About that she didn't know the words. Yeah, she could have been nervous. Yeah, mm-hmm. that she didn't know the words. What do you think of the notion that some people have have put out there that uh, that Juju B threw in the towel, so to speak, because she didn't want to be responsible for sending somebody home? 
I don't know. I don't really see it because I don't feel like, unless it was Shay, I don't really feel like she, she, you know, had to worry about it. So if we had seen that she was going to send Shay home, maybe, Mm -hmm. but uh, between India and Mariah, I don't feel like there was really, you know, there was a reason for it to, Mm -hmm. to throw it. Maybe she, I don't know. Maybe she didn't. Maybe she threw it because she just didn't want to have to deal with the, you know, the backlash. And uh, who knows? But I, I just, I don't know. I just, I think she just wasn't prepared. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, any other final thoughts? Um, overall, I hope, uh, I hope that next episode, I hope we get to see like some, you know, I think the episodes have been getting better and better. And I hope that uh, next episode we get to see more like collaboration. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um. And I hope we get to see like the full extent of it. I hope we get to see if they make something, see what it looks like, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what happens. Mm-hmm. I, uh, um, I'm interested to see who, who's at the bottom because I feel like even though, even though Shay didn't get voted off, mm-hmm. even though she's in the bottom, it does show that this is a cutthroat competition Yeah, and they are not pulling, they are, the judges will put you in the bottom as soon as look at you. So mm-hmm. they do not like play. They're not really playing favorites to me, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So. Well, one more thing before we go. Imagine that you're a contestant on drag race, right? On this, okay. on this episode, on this very episode, and you're with the girls alone. No Shay, no India, no Mariah. Give me the Oscar moment where you're trying to convince them everybody to vote for Shay. Can, can you? Can can are you going to be able to, to vote for Shay? You want them to? You want to convince them to vote? You want to give them that big end of the movie speech to vote for Shay to get rid of her on the jury? To get rid of her? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. And and I, who who's in the room with me? All the other contestants, all the other drag queens. You know, you're gonna vote, you're going to the jury room to vote, except for Shay. Except for Shay, and except for Mariah and India. Except for Mariah. Okay. This is all the other girls who are voting. All right. All right. Here we go. All right. Here we go. Lori Roggenkamp in Drag Race. I look at all of you and I see winners. (laughs) We have three ladies that we have to choose from. Now we know India could go home. Mariah could go home. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about Shay. I know, Mayhem, I know that you're looking at me. But everybody has picked outside, has picked Shay to be the winner. No. You know it, and I know it. Miss Cracker, look at me. You know that we have all are just running for second place. And I say now, at this moment, we have a chance to tell everybody, you don't get to pick the winners. We pick the winners. Let's tell them that it is our chance. It is not predetermined. We get to decide. Shay! And it's not racist. 
Okay. <laughs> Alexis, I know what you're thinking. No, I think Shay is amazing. I think she is a true champion. But this is a competition, goddammit. And I want you to look inside yourself, and I want you to tell yourself, do you think you could win against Shay? Do you honestly think you could win against Shay? Mayhem, why are you nodding? <laughs> I'm telling you right now. <laughs> we get rid of Shay today. We have a chance tomorrow to make history. Now let's go out there and let's vote for Shay. Not because she does, she deserves it, but she deserves to lose. But because we deserve a chance to win! (laughs) Now huddle up. Hands in. (laughs) Clear hearts. Clear heads. Full hearts. Let's get rid of Shay! All right, well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of... Ru- you know, I the music play while I do that. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 5. So, for Lori Roggenkamp and myself... You better sashay away until next week. Because next week is for champions. Okay. Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dragracerecap. For more drag race and LGBTQ content, support us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can follow Lori Roggenkamp on Twitter at PickleMyth. She also has other podcasts like The Bloody Podcast and Lori and Colin Have an Episode. They're available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also support Lori on Patreon at patreon.com slash bloodypodcast. Follow Joe Batanz on Instagram at Joe Batanz. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.